Welcome, everybody, to the next installment of the Upscale Podcast. You're here today with myself, Nathan, and Mitch. How you doing, man? Pretty good, bud. Pretty good. Happy, new Year. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, today, we're going to... Whoa, be... whoa, whoa. How'd you bring it in? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Tell me, how'd you bring in New Year's? New Year's, mate. I actually <laughs> sat at home and made a, a list of the things I wanted to achieve this year. I looked at last year and what worked well, what didn't, um, and basically just put together a plan for this year. I had a walk into town, seen a couple of bands, was home by nine o'clock. Didn't didn't make the new year, mate. That sounds good. Sounds good. Give us a little breakdown of the process that you do because I actually did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tradition of mine, New Year's Eve, is we go through and identify goals and actions and so on. But give me a breakdown. How would you do it? Well, I actually had uh, a week off leading up to it. So in that week off, things were kind of popping into my mind around what I wanted the new year to look like. So I kind of just wrote those down as the ideas came up. Um, from there, I actually looked at my calendar and looked at the things that I was doing and was basically just looking at my time. What was working? You know, what what was I being effective with, with my time? What could I get rid of and probably replace with something else that either A, was beneficial for my life or B, would bring me closer to my goals? So then just made a new routine and a new plan and feeling pretty good about it so far, man. I like it. I like it. What's yours? Uh, my process, same for the last few years. I order and go or go and get way too much food. This year I didn't start to until quite late, but because um, I was out at a barbecue. So by the time I got home, bought all that food out, um, sat down and I used palm cards. So first things first is I write down, you know, normally somewhere between four and nine things I want to achieve this year. And I speak in the tense of like, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, um, let's just use a really simple example. Like an affirmation. Yeah, kind of. Yes. If I want to be you know, living in a new home, I wouldn't just write new house. I'd write living in a new home. Yep. Living in a new house or have a, ho- have a nice place to live, something like that. So I go through, I write down, you know, four to nine of those. Um, on one palm one palm card. And then I actually go through and grab a palm card for each of those and I write down the actionable steps that I have to take to achieve said goal. Mm-hmm. Then I take those and I put them actually in, you know, your visor you flip down mm-hmm. in your car? Mm-hmm. They've normally got like Wait, a little plastic. Used to keep the CDs there. Yeah, I used to keep the CDs there. <laughs> I didn't. But that's where you put those. And then my rule is every time that I, for the first time in the day, get into the car, I look up and I can see the little list and I'll either A, take it out and read it if it's just me and I've got that time um, or B, if it's, you know, someone in the car, I'll look up and just read through my list. So I always, every day, remind myself what my goals are and what I'm trying to achieve, you know, why I'm here. And you really do have to break those things down, don't you? Like you can't just have this grand vision of uh, I'm going to race Formula One cars. Yeah. You know, you've got to go, okay, well, how do I become a Formula One racer? Okay, I've got to go and get a go-kart. Where's a go-kart track? and break all that stuff down and make a plan to get there. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing, and that comes from the book of Atomic Habits. And I reckon most people got that as a you know Christmas hamper filler that's into that um, you know self-development space this year. You know, I know a lot of people that got it. I know a lot of people that gave it. And it's simply that everyone at the Olympics has the same goal. No one goes to the, goal, the, the Olympics and goes, I'm going to come fourth. <laughs> that's my goal. Now, <laughs> their goal is I'm going to come first. The difference is what actions did you take and what were you willing to give up to achieve that goal? Mm. And that's normally the the difference between first and whatever Mm. is what actions did first do to achieve that goal. So we have to have the actionable steps 
outlined and you know a complete understanding of those if we really want to achieve our goals there's no such thing as an overnight success is there like people will judge things and see them in that way yeah but a lot of the time we don't see all the work and things that have gone on before let's be real we never see the work Mm. unless even if we're doing it even if it's you even if you're sitting there going oh my god i've achieved this you don't remember the pain you don't remember all of those things you might remember some of them some of the difficult moments but you don't actually remember and recap and go through and go, oh, yeah, I remember every single one of those things. So, no, even for ourselves, yep, and others, when we're judging others and going, wow, you know, they've got it so easy. No, there's a lot of work that goes in there. Sure, luck comes in, but you still have to have taken actions to be in the right space for luck to occur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Got to create your own luck. Create your own destiny. Yeah. And I guess that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about today. So today we've got the the lead engine. Oh, and I love lead generation. Catchy title. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that you've put engine there at the end of that, you know, I like cars, you know, I like leads. So I feel like this works perfect for me. Get ready, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) So the idea of the lead engine, and we're just talking about diversifying your lead sources, (laughs) finding most of us usually have one particular place within business where we can generate work quite comfortably. Um, and today we're going to be talking about how we can diversify that. So A, all our eggs aren't in one basket and B, we start to open up opportunities in other areas. So we want to grow. We've got to find more places we can grow from. And that's where the lead engine comes in. Yep. Now, a bit of a preface for that, for our listeners that have just started business, you know, they're just getting into it. I want you to know that you can build a successful business to a certain level with just one lead source. Now, I personally don't advise it. And, you know, all of our clients that are listening in would also agree. And, you know, they know that I never sit there and talk about, hey, we just want to do one thing really, really well. And that's it. We want to do one thing really, really well. But we need to have the ability to have a nice, like you said, diversified structure of where our leads come from. Mm. So I was reading an article the other day about the new McLaren soft tail, all right, and speed tail. Speedtail, soft tails, a motorbike for anyone wondering. The new McLaren Speedtail. And I was blown away to think of it in the sense that it has how many, guess, guess how many engines it has? Put it out there, maybe four. Mate, you got it. How do I get that? Mate, four engines. Okay. And what we've got is we've got the main combustion engine. It's a hybrid. Okay. But it's a new type of hybrid, plug and play hybrids, what they're calling them. Big combustion engine, huge. Okay, then we've got not one, not two, but three electric engines, Mm. one sitting on two of the wheels. Okay, then one sitting in the crankshaft. Right. And that got me thinking. Power coming from everywhere. We got power coming from everywhere. And that got me thinking this is a great metaphor to use when we are talking about building our businesses past the level of the one engine. Mm. Yep. So I look at it and go, okay, you know what? We can get most businesses to a million dollars a year of one good lead source, 80K a month of one good solid lead source. You work on that really hard, it'll give you a million dollars a year. Okay, and if we think about this in our space, most of our businesses are doing 20 to 30, 40% net. Mate, that's 200 to 400K a year. That's a nice amount of money. But how do we, one, make it a safer venture and two, go to the next level? And it comes down to diversification. It comes down to diversifying the places that you get the leads from. And we all have that one space that we get it from most. You know, we always, we talk to a lot of business owners that have built their businesses on Google ads, 
They've built their businesses on Facebook ads. They've mm-hmm. built their businesses on real estates. They've built their businesses on working with old folks' homes, you know, retirement villages. They've built their businesses on email marketing. You know, these are just some of the ways that that might be their main engine, the one that drives most of the revenue. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got one. Yep, everyone's got one. Yep. But as we were saying, how can we add more? Yeah. But before we talk about how do we add more, I want to talk about how do we make sure that we're capitalizing? How do we make sure that that main engine is the best that it possibly is? Now, obviously, it depends on what your main engine is. But you should have a procedure where every three months, you are looking at that main engine and going, what can I do as a service? How can I tweak this? What can I change? What needs some development here? Maybe it needs different fuel. What can I do here to extract the maximum amount of energy, power, leads out of this engine? And it's just like the car manufacturers. Each yeah. year or each couple of years, they'll bring out another model. And it's the similar to the last model mm-hmm. and it's still got that same main engine. Same foundation. But there's improvements. Yep. And it, you have to constantly be making improvements to that main engine. Yep. So let's maybe let's go with one example. What's your favorite way of generating leads? I would say through Google. Great. And are we talking Google, Google ads. ads? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say that as a really quick example, your business right now is generating most of your leads through Google, uh, Google ads. What are you going to do? What are you going to do in that space? as a bit of a health check on the the engine, mm-hmm. what are you going to do in that space? I'd say in the new year, we're looking at our messaging. You know, mm-hmm. have we been putting the same message out there for the last six months? Do we need to have a bit of a refresher? We need to reassess the market, see mm-hmm. if things change, see what people are searching because it's, it's competitive. Mm-hmm. Your competitors are going to catch up on what you're doing. So we need to get around and reevaluate and just make sure that if we have gotten stagnant, what can we do to bring some life back into the campaign? Yeah, perfect. And to understand that, I guess we need to set some benchmarks. Like what is it that we're actually aiming for in this? You know, if our current cost of conversion, you know, how much we're spending to acquire a lead is X, well, let's try and do that a little bit better this year. Let's try and spend a little less per conversion. Or let's make the ROI, the return on the investment, that that little bit better. And I think that's the big one. You know, yeah. I think a, a lot of our, our our clients and a lot of people we work with, when it comes to marketing and and Facebook and and Google and these kinds of things, we need to look at how we can return, get a better return on the investment. Yep, perfect. So you've tweaked your engine, mm-hmm. right? So your main combustion engine or whatever it is that's sitting in the middle of that thing, that power plant that drives the wheels most of the time. Um, you know, every three months you've gone through that. In your case, Google Ads, and you're making sure it's performing how you want it to, mm-hmm. right? Now, if we're going to talk about what the predominant four engines are in uh, a service-based or trade business, we've got the digital space, which is Facebook ads, Google ads, which you've just talked about, and SEO. We've also got GMB, Google My Business, whatever they're calling it this month. All falls under the same umbrella. Yep. Yep. Then we've got your current customers. And people forget this so much. Your current customers are a space where you can get more from. Mm -hmm. Yep, And you can do that in two ways. You've got repeat. You can get repeat work with the same person or my favorite and what what we're talking about becoming, you know, the big thing in business because there's such a low cost of acquisition, which is repeat. Yeah, Sorry, to, which is referrals. And this is the, the another thing, you know, we talk about 
increasing the average dollar value of the job, mm -hmm. but it's also the lifetime value. Yes. And this is one thing that often gets overlooked. Yep. So your current customers, we want to increase as much as we can the amount they're spending, customer lifetime value. Mm -hmm. And then also how many referrals do we get from each person? And we need to have a great engine there sitting there doing that. So if we talk about repeat work, it can be something as simple as emails that go out to them in campaigns periodically. Mm -hmm. It could be SMS campaigns that go out to them. And refreshing those campaigns. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Keeping them fresh, keeping them current. What's going on at the moment? Mm -hmm. You know, a great one in the electrical space with smoke alarms is in April, the uh, fire, brigade, fire brigade actually run a campaign around smoke alarms. Well, you can do the same thing as an electrician and tie that in with their marketing. Mm -hmm. Keep it current. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about that for you know, your repeat work. How can we build an engine for referrals? And I know that I'm, I'm loaded here because you wrote yesterday a killer script for all our clients and you've just put it in the platform for them all to send out to all their clients to get more referral work. Yeah, it's simple. Just ask. Just ask. <laughs> now, are you a believer in incentivization? Definitely. Yep. But not only incentivizing the person they refer, mm -hmm. also incentivizing them to become a repeat customer mm -hmm. so here's 50 dollars for you or for anyone you refer yeah who may have interest in using our electrical company or our plumbing service or whatever it be yep perfect one of the key things when we talk about a referral engine and i'm going to talk about the fuel is you need to make sure that you are doing a great job for the initial client no one wants to refer shit so therefore, if you're doing a bad job, mm. no one's going to refer you anyway. No one's going to put their name to your bad job. Yep. So one of the fundamental concepts when we talk about referral marketing is sure, we can have these killer messages that go out. But ultimately, guys, and this is why product, this is why your product and your service are so important, is you must have a good product. Mm -hmm. yep. Right, let's go to the next one, which is cold outreach, which is the one that most people fear. Yep. Do you like cold calling? I've been there, done that, I have to say. Yep. It's, uh, I, I spent a fair part of my career doing that. Mm. And look, I, I, I still to this day don't enjoy it. Yep. And, and I rare to find anybody who actually does. Ding, ding. Mm. You know it. Uh, a lot of people know it as well. I love cold calling. But I like cold calling because I turn it into a game. And it's become a game that I'm quite good at winning. And it's not, and I don't actually believe that, I have ever truly cold called someone because I always warm the leads. Yes. And the way that I do that and the way that, you know, a lot of digital marketing, um, you know, people, gurus, whatever they want to say they are, talk about doing it is you can warm them up with Facebook audiences. Yeah. Import that cold call audience into a Facebook audience campaign and market them for a few dollars a day. You have to be doing that these days. Yep. I, I mean, people just don't take cold yep. calls anymore. No. You have to create yourself a warm lead yep. list to call. Yep. And that's the thing is people hear cold call and they freak out about that. But if you've, let's just use a couple of examples. If you've set up a Facebook audience mm -hmm. and they've been getting some branding off you and they've been seeing you there. If you've sent out a flyer to the person because as a cold call, you may have their address. You know, you might have also had your vans rolling around in that area. If you've got vans, you've got cars, you've got something with your signage on it. Mm -hmm. You might have also sponsored some local sporting organizations in that area. There's, you might have a big sign. You know, we know one of our clients. He's got a massive, what is it, a 10 by 5 billboard. Yeah. Yep. Sitting in prime location. Two of them, actually, because we just got another one doing it. 
And that's a way that he can warm his audience before he actually walks in the door, calls them or emails. Mm. So while they might appear to be cold, subconsciously, they've had marketing put to them. And now they're they're associated with the brand. With the brand. That's right. Yep. So in that cold call space, we have the four predominant ways, which is email, phone calls, walk-in, and social media. And people forget they can do cold calls on social media. Mm -hmm. You can talk to people on LinkedIn. You can talk to people on Instagram, Facebook. You can reach out to these people before they even consider reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the third way. Then we've got the fourth way, which is your owned audiences. So these are audiences that you own. They might not be customers that you actually have, but you've got their details already and you own a connection with them. So it can be different to cold calling. Cold calling, sure, you might have their email address, but they haven't actually opted into anything yet. Mm -hmm. Whereas with your owned audiences, we have things like your email list that is past customers. Okay, It might be owned audiences of people that have subscribed to some information that you give. It might also be your social media followers. Right? If you're talking around owned audiences, in your experience, where have you played the most? I'd say more around the email marketing. Yep. Yeah. This so, is a good contrast because I've predominantly played in the social followers. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about your email list. What are you doing? So you've got to be looking at, okay, so we've got these lists. We, we know who these people are. They have a connection to our business. What are the seasonal things that we can get in touch with these people about? Mm -hmm. uh, is there something, if we're an electrician, if it's coming up to summer, is there something around air conditioning? Is there something around fans that we can speak to them about? Like you said before, fire brigade, they have a, a, a smoke alarm call out once a year. How do we tie in around things that are going to be on people's minds to potentially get some work? Mm -hmm. um, it's also a great way to continue to create a relationship with these businesses and to pass on courtesies, birthdays, um, these kinds of things. So um, I think three or four times a year, sending out some form of communication to these lists is a great way to generate work. I actually have got a bit challenged for our listeners and you just brought it up. I would love to know when the last time they sent out something to their current customer base or their email list or their current owned audiences for their birthday. Mm. You know, I, I never get anything. And imagine if let's just say a service business, let's say it's a hairdresser, just an example. Um, they sat there and said, you know, for your birthday, here's $50 off your next haircut. We were talking about this today. Mm. Would that would you go back in? So these little personalized touches. Mm -hmm. I recently bought some protein powder online. Yep. And I've been doing this for years from different companies, never had any loyalty. Mm -hmm. I just go on, do a Google search, find who's the cheapest, buy it. That was the end of it. I got this package and I opened it and I had an invoice inside of it. And on the invoice, somebody had just written, Thanks. Good to see you again, Nathan. Smiley face. Yep. Written in pen on the invoice. So again, I ordered again and the next time there was another little note in there and it said thanks for ordering nathan and i had a little kiss on it oh i don't even know what Mate, she's looked at your profile <laughs> i don't know if it's the, the the cheapest in the market anymore yep but it's that little personalized yep. touch it, there's a bit of human communication in there and i think this is the big thing when we're talking about email marketing is there's people are just bombarded with this stuff Mm -hmm. It has to be personalized. Even if you are sending it out to bulk lists of people, you have to word things in a way and utilize the features in your mailing services, which use first names, which 
make things sound like it's just a one-on-one message. Yep. Yep. I think that's so important. And like, if we talk about our coaching company, that's a big part of what we believe in. You know, every person, every business is its own individual. It needs that personalized, customized, tailored connection. And in your case, it was a kiss. Sealed with a kiss. Sealed with a kiss. Sealed with a kiss. I like it. I like it a lot. Right. I want to float back up to the one we kind of skipped over just a little bit. We talked digital. You talked Google ads, Facebook ads. Mm. Where do they play their part? Facebook ads are, again, very similar to the email list. It's a really fantastic way to put your offering out to people who may not necessarily be searching for you right now. See, Google ads, people uh, have a problem. They type it in. They're, they're finding a solution, find a company. They make a phone call. They book it in. Whereas with Facebook ads, we're targeting people with offers we may have, speaking to a problem they might have, but they aren't coming to us. So summer's coming. It's hot. They need to get an air conditioning unit, but they just haven't pulled their finger out and made a phone call yet. We can put ourselves in front of those people utilizing Facebook ads. Really clear message, really clear offer, a promotion, boom, it appears in their feed. We can target them based on their interests. What, you know, do they go to Bunnings? Do they watch the block? Uh, are they visitors to Mitre 10? You know, like you can get so specific and find your ideal customers and you can put yourself in front of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as we talked before, the biggest power for me with Facebook ads has always been the audience space. I love importing past customer base lists, then creating lookalike audiences. And then for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's ultimately Facebook determining how like a current person or a current customer another person is. And you can do it on a 1% all the way up to 10% differential. And ultimately, then you have those people that you can market to. I think Facebook ads is personally, if I think back through my transition and the things that I've done in business, Facebook ads have always been the most powerful space. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's getting more and more expensive, but it also means that the real estate must be worth more. Can we just talk about that though and and, and about the the cost of advertising? Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Like If if you even get... 100% 100% 100% return on your investment that's a good investment. Yep. If you put you know if you put your money in the bank you're going to get what a 3% return? A year? Not at the moment. Yeah, not even that. Yep. So getting a 100% return on on your advertising dollar is great. Yep. Anything beyond that is fantastic and and most of the time when I hear people complaining about advertising costs they're getting a 4 to 1 return, a 5 to 1 return. Advertising is expensive, but we need to be looking at the return on the investment and how we can maximize that return. Most of the people that are complaining don't understand customer lifetime value. Correct. They are looking at on the initial space, which might be a four to one, which yeah, still isn't that bad as long as you've worked out what your ratios and your numbers are on um, gross and net profit. But if you look at on the long game, your goal with every customer should not be that, hey, they come and buy from me once and they spent $500, but I spent a hundred to acquire it. Mm. No, it should be, okay, great. Can I do anything more for them to turn that $500 value into 2000 Can they then go and refer me to people? Because then that initial $100 that I spent, if we work on an average customer value of $500, we go initial spend $100. Initial what they gave us, $500, but we upsold them and got two grand, And they referred two more clients at $500 each. Mm. Now we spent $100 to get $3,000. Mm-hmm. 
That's an insane return on investment. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to challenge everyone to start thinking. With everything that your business does, with all the services, the products, whatever it is that you offer, how do you capitalize on what you put in, giving you back the biggest something? And that's the problem. If you only have one engine, that's the transaction you receive. Yep. It is the the relationship stops there. Mm -hmm. Whereas with having these multiple lead sources, you have the ability to remarket, retarget, and build that lifetime value of a customer. Yep. And ultimately make the vehicle, your business, move faster. Absolutely. And not only that, you're safeguarding yourself against the future. Yep. I mean, you know, Facebook, for instance, they had a, a massive issue with the iOS update. And for a lot of people, marketing on Facebook no longer worked. Now, if your business was solely reliant on getting work through Facebook, all of a sudden the world dried up. Yes. If you don't have other avenues that you can pull in to generate work, and you've got 10 staff all waiting for a job, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. Yep. Markets change, things change, and we have to diversify and get ahead of them. Yeah. So look, let's wrap this up. Okay, we've come up with four engines, right? Realistically, you're going to have one that provides the most. Four engines are the digital space, your current customers, your cold outreach, and your owned audience. Final challenge I'd like to set for everyone. I would like everyone to do exactly what we talked about before with your Google Ads, and that is find your main engine and establish a system that tweaks it, that makes sure it's at maximum performance, that gives it a service every three months. Think of it quarterly. Every quarter, I'm going to make sure that my main engine is functioning at its highest potential output. But I also set the challenge for you all to start thinking about adding an electric motor to each of your wheels. Yep. Making sure that you don't just have one space that you derive all of your leads from, that you have multiple streams, that you diversify, as you said at the start, you diversify the way in which you are generating leads for your business. Absolutely. And you know, you need to be able to track that. You need to put a plan in place. So there's no point in just doing it once and forgetting about it. This needs to become a part of your new year. Mm-hmm. New year, new you. Love it. Thanks, guys, for joining us. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to send us a message. Until next time, take care. See ya.